hit, hit uh, star nine at the end. Hopefully you'll be able to hear me. All right. <laughs> Can you put just hit the hit the mute button on that phone? And there, now that is good. Can um, that's good. All right. <laughs> See, you guys can do this too. Woo! All right, we are rocking now, like jam. And that gave me enough time for everybody to start getting on this line. So farting around is a good thing. Let me pull up um, the specials real quick here. And what is my name? Um, what's my name? What's my name? All right, you guys are, like, so patient. I appreciate you so much because sometimes, you know, this computer I'm on, if you guys saw it, Jesse, you've seen this one. This is the one that we had in Vegas that, uh, like, stuff is falling off of it and it's taped to it. And it, it's a beast. It's a total beast. But it is a little special. And one of the things with this computer is that it is completely, um, the audio is so bad. And I'm hard of hearing, so it's like, it's just no bueno <laughs> for a lot of people. All right, let's pull up what's happening here. And I'm going to go into the specials real quick. No, you won't be able to see my screen, just so you know. For you guys that are like, I can't see your screen. It's going to be a good webinar. Let's go to... So how are you guys doing with this time change? Go ahead and type in the box while I'm loading what I need to load to show you. I'm totally whacked out. Um, like, totally whacked out. I thought it was like 4 o'clock and it was 7 <laughs> Yuck, boo, not good. <laughs> oh, you can see my screen. Oh, I better turn off the pictures of naked cats. Yeah. <laughs> um, dashboard, this is what I'm looking for. All right, here we go. Okay, so Jesse, I'm just going to get into, I'm going to go ahead and record, and then I'm going to get into um, the specials here and my story, and then Jesse, you and I will come on in just a second. So hang on, everybody. Hang on, let me start the recording. Here we are. My hair is going crazy. All better now. I got my tea because Monty is totally awesome and made me some tea. He made me dinner because he knows Mondays are crazy. And so we are jamming. And, you know, this is part of, if you guys do anything like this, whether you run classes or you do webinars or Facebook Lives or Zooms, stuff like this happens, you know, and you just have to be like, whatever, and if it happens, you just go through it gracefully, and the technology will usually figure itself out. That's why you have 
a phone you can tether internet to, you have an iPad you can tether internet to, you've got the internet, you've got your Xfinity, you could jump on your neighbor's lines. I mean, you just have to be able to like improvise and get it together. And I tell you what, it's never a dull moment. For those of you that know my story, I started in this business called network marketing back in 2001. And I was actually, I don't know if I've told this story, but I was not introduced to Young Living first. Um, my uh, sponsors had gotten me into Nikon, which is the company that has the magnets. And it was a great company, great product. But back even then, they did not have consumables, which you would sell those little magnets and nobody would never need to buy them again because they were such high quality that you would have to keep selling and selling and selling. And I thought, well, okay. And and I was only doing that a few months. I mean, maybe one or two months. I mean, not very long at all. And um, then I decided I wanted to go for it with Young Living because I really loved these little mysterious bottles. And I was able to, um, you know, I got started and I was a woman with my hair on fire because I looked like there's a way out of this corporate thing. You know, I can have a way to have unlimited income. I could wear whatever I want. Like right now I'm technically at work and I'm wearing my horse riding outfit. Like where could I do that? I got to fix my hair. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing my horse riding outfit, like the full, like, you know, get up so I can go after this. You can't go to work wearing that typically. And I wanted not to have the confines of when to work and when I wanted to travel and all that stuff. And so, you know, I started with Nikon, and it was a great company, but the thing was is the product wasn't consumable, and at the time, the lowest-priced product was $60. And then when I Young Living came along, I looked at Young Living without emotion, without any, like, um, preconceived ideas or anything like that, and I looked at it straight from the catalog. And it, our catalogs look different than this, actually. At the time, it was a little white book. And I remember going through the price list, and I'm saying, you know, these products, um, these products can be used every month, like toothpaste and uh, vitamins and all these other things. And the lowest price product was under five dollars, which it still is. It's the lip balm, and the most expensive product, as we know, was rose oil, which is like a lot of money. And here's lip balm, four bucks, right? So I'm like, well, if somebody had less than twenty dollars a month to improve their life, they could between toothpaste and lip balm and lemon oil, you know, people could really even make a change um, for a very, very inexpensive get-in. And, and it would be a product that people would keep ordering. And it was, for, you know, it was unlimited. And that's how I made my choice because, you know, you look at when you're having a long-term business, you want uh, a steady income where, you, you know, you can truly have the residual and you can have that with Young Living. So remember, we have this gift of this product, which hands down, we know, does what it's supposed to do. And we've got this business, which you can help set people free to whatever they are choosing in their heart's desire. And that's going to be one of the important things that we talk about today in when we get on with Jesse is fear. And that's what holds so many of us back. But quickly, let me get into the specials. So this month's specials are so good because... They're always good, but this month I'm really excited about this uh, Blue Cypress. So 100 PV if you're on Essential Rewards, and if you're not, you are cray-cray. 100 PV Essential Rewards, you get a 5 mil of Lime Vitality. 
So you can put that in your gin or your tequila or your water. Um, and then for 190 PV, you can uh, get that as well as that 5 mil of blue cypress. Now, Monty already got his auto ship, so he's got his blue cypress for free. You ready? Plus, you get the, the fruit and veggie spray, which is one of my ultimate favorite things because all that dirt and wax on stuff, and God only knows what else, right? Um, and you get the lime vitality. For 250, you get all of the same stuff that I just mentioned, plus a 15 mil of, of lavender oil which you can never have enough of. And then we get to 300 PV, and this month is a 15 milliliter of frankincense. So you've got two of the ultimate Swiss Army knife essential oils of all time, lavender and frankincense, two of my favorites of favorites. So that's for this month. Get out there, get promoting. Uh, today is the last day for people to get signed up into the new section of the Sleek in 60 contest. So get your people in there if there's anybody on the fence. And let's get into our webinar. So let me go to Jesse's website. So you guys, um, hold on, I can't talk at the same time. So here's Jesse's website. Ooh, did you update this, Jesse? It has I think maybe one or two little updates since you're on there last. And we're doing a uh, website makeover in the next few months. I can see that it looks a little bit, um, a little bit different than it did last time. Here's Jesse uh, kissing anybody that will stop and give him a kiss. <laughs> you know, Jesse is. Yeah, this is how you pick up dates. Um, <laughs> you catch the most. Um, you guys, Jesse is a very, very talented coach, and he helps people break through of. You know, of course, performance, success, work things, sports things. He works with some actors. He, he does all these incredible things. But it doesn't matter what it is. You know, especially being an entrepreneur, you may have a fear of talking to people that are of a certain status quo. You might be afraid of spiders. You might have something like the fear of failure when you quit your job that the economy is going to go bust and you're going to be out there in front of the grocery store with your little can shaking it, hoping to get five cents from somebody. It doesn't matter. You could have the silliest of uh, fears in your own mind, but it's not silly when it comes to your entire, um, when, when it comes to success. And so Jesse has been like trained like, to the to the nines and he also has had the experience of helping people break through no matter where they're coming from in life and what their backgrounds or experiences are whatever their stories are you know we all have our story and helping people get to that next level and I know for a fact you know because I've had my own personal experience with Jesse and I'm really grateful for those of you that are um, here and listening is that you know, my own business is really, I don't have, a, you know, a lot going on with the fear in that department, but I've had some other fears come up. And one of them is dealing with, like, some claustrophobia and also some uh, heights, you know, types of things. And so when I met Jesse, we were in Vegas at a mastermind, and I was having a little bit of a challenge being up on, was it the 50th floor or something like that, Jesse? And I'm like sitting in the back of the room, you know, hoping that I won't look down and see anything. And, you know, it was pretty uncomfortable the first day or so. And then 
was it? I think the second day I worked with Jesse, and um, he put me through some very simple exercises, really not even related to this heights thing in this room. We were working on um, my issues with an airplane, and you know what, you guys? After we did this simple exercise right there within a few minutes, whatever had shifted within me, I was able to look down. I had no problem. And then I went up to the elevator, up to the top floor that we could get to, and I don't remember what floor that was in the aria. It was really high. It was like 100 or something like that. It was really crazy. And I had no problem. And I walked up and down the, the walkway, and normally I would have had panic attacks. So whether you've got something like that going on or you are, you know, trembling in fear, thinking about talking to people or whatever it is, we're going to hit some of that stuff today. So thank you so much, Jesse, for being here and for us, you know, being able to get some of this amazing information from you today. Yeah, Jim, thank you so much for having me. And I didn't know that I was going to get, when we went to the specials, I was going to get gifted with a new cocktail recipe too. <laughs> that is so awesome. See, you just never know what you're going to learn. <laughs> Coincidentally enough, it's 5 o'clock here in California, and as they say, what is it? It's 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. Well, that's that's what we do. You know, we can't all be stuffy and have no fun, right? I mean, that's just part of what we do. we got to have a good time outside of work, 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 work. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Jim, for having me here. And hello, everybody. I'm not sure which part of the world this is reaching you, but it's a pleasure to be here with you and spend some time. And as Jen mentioned, we're going to talk a lot about fear today. And the reason why is because, again, as Jen alluded to, fear is, I, I mean, I think it's without fail the number one thing that holds most of us back and keeps us settling for a life less than what we desire. I would actually, in certain situations, extend the extend the definition of, I think, a tragic life as a life where somebody voluntarily, and I use that word deliberately, settles for a life that not, less than that which they desire. The reason is, is because I think most of us on here are here because we've all had that voice or that feeling inside of us that speaks to us and tells us that we're meant for more, we want more. And oftentimes, people will settle for playing small and less than what they desire because they will let that voice become a megahorn in their mind and tell them all the reasons why they can or cannot do something. And what we're going to really talk about today is four of the main, I would say, keys to really helping you unlock your fear and break through the fears that are holding you back, that are chaining you to that stuck place that you may find yourself in. And these, these four keys I'm going to share with you are applicable not just to your businesses, but to your lives as well. So I encourage you that as we go through this to take notes, to listen in. I think there's going to be a little time for Q&A at the end, right, Jen? Yes. Hopefully we'll have time for Q&A and definitely, like Jesse said, take notes because you guys, he's like dialed in. Here's why. There's going to be things that I'll say that will prompt other thoughts within you. And we're human beings. We're experiential creatures. So one of the things we don't want to do is we don't want to listen to this passively and just listen, and then we're sitting here doing other stuff. We're doing our emails. We're doing text messages, all those things. Yeah, exactly, because that's what most of us do, and we all have this hallucination that we can multitask. But when every study shows that we can't multitask a task that we haven't learned. 
and oh. also here to learn right now. Now we can multitask something like brushing our teeth and walking because those are two things that have been taken over by our unconscious mind. They're exercises that we don't have to put any deliberate thought into. But for something like this, where we're learning, we need to be present to be able to take it in. The other thing with notes is, is it really helps you invoke more sensory awareness, and that's going to help you download more of an experience. Notes give us, give us often to the gifts of ahas. And when we have an aha, that's an emotional marker for our brain to basically dog tag that point in our head and say, this is something really important and pertinent to us. So again, if you're here, give yourself that gift. Because as with any key, it's only going to be as effective as your utilization of it. Meaning that you could be shackled to the floor in a prison. And I could put the keys right next to you on the floor, and all you have to do is reach out, grab them, and unlock it. But if you don't do that, you're not going to get un you're not going to get free. You're going to still remain shackled. And a person is going to remain shackled if they choose not to use their key. A person is going to find freedom if they do choose to use their key. And when we look at fear, <clears throat> there's really two big universal fears that hold us back. And I want to give you this context first before we jump into the first key. Those fears typically boil down, meaning if we get to the most root, root level of fears about why we're fearful, why we feel this way, those fears are going to come down to I am not loved or what if I'm not enough, right? And then we tie in failure to that. So for those of you who are here because there's a fear of taking that next step in your business, right, and that fear of failure, what if it doesn't work out? What does that mean? Does it mean that your loved ones may not respect you anymore? Does it mean that your loved ones may not care about you anymore? Does it mean that your wife or your husband may leave you? Does it mean that you'll have to go back head hanging to your colleagues, tail between your legs? And that's really important to understand because oftentimes when we're looking at fear and one of the challenges people face with fear, and this is one of the you know proverbial walls that you might say that we run into, is it's this fear that articulates itself as a specific name, but there's really something deeper below the surface with it. Now, most of us get stuck in the walls. We get stuck up against these walls. We, we, we go forward, we got this idea, and we hit a wall because we don't take time to articulate what that true fear is. And that becomes a problem, right? It becomes a problem because we're so, foc we're so focused and fixated on what a voice is telling us, what we perceive the fear as being, that we're not actually getting beneath the surface and seeing what the fear really is. So the problem inevitably whenever we encounter a wall in life is not really <laughs> the problem. Our problem is really how we're approaching the problem. And that's a problem, meaning that what we're focusing on is not really the true problem. Because what really is the true problem is always, always, always beneath the surface. It's representative of something greater, more emotionally powerful inside of us. Most of us don't access that nor tap into it because we're so fixated on what we see the presenting problem. What if, you know, what if nobody signs up? What if everybody tells me no? What if, what if my, you know, I max out my credit card? What if my partner doesn't support me, but there's layers beneath that. Hmm. I'll, give you, I'll give you an example of this. When I was younger, I used to live a huge portion of my life governed by fear. I was 
at one point, honest about it, all my life, the shyest, most insecure person you'd ever meet. The irony, of course, is that now I do public speaking, I present to audiences, but no joke. If I, I can remember specifically one time I was sitting in my psychology class and this girl taps me on the shoulder. She asked me a question about the homework and I turn around and I go from pink to purple and full on sweat dripping down my face because in my mind, you know, the fact that a girl would even talk to me was such a foreign concept that I, there's got to be something going on here. It felt like I was getting asked out on a date. That girl never sat next to me again. She just probably creeped out by this weird guy who started sweating over homework questions. But that was really indicative of where I was. And, and the reason that was is because I truly felt and truly believed at the time that I was, I was worthless, that I couldn't accomplish what I set out to do, that I, wouldn't, I would never amount to more than my parents. I grew up very poor. I was always having to, I was always tasked with the task of walking the rent, as I said, the, the walk of shame of care, carrying the rent up two, three, sometimes six weeks late to wait to the landlord because my parents had told me that if I took it, then they wouldn't want to evict the child. And so it would remind them of, you know, to show some mercy. And that was a, that was a heavy burden for me to bear. And it really restricted some of my entrepreneurial endeavors early on because I, again, I, like many of you, had that voice, had that feeling inside that there was more, but I never believed in myself enough that I could do it. Richard Branson, who's the CEO of Virgin, has a wonderful saying about, screw it, let's do it. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's easy for Branson to say. If I was Richard Branson, I could say that too. But when I was just little with Jesse Brisenbine from Fortuna, California, small town USA, that was not even, that didn't even seem remotely possible because I couldn't even get past a girl tapping me on their shoulder and asking about homework. So how in the heck was I going to become an entrepreneur? How the heck was I going to be starting a business? And so one of my walls I would hit was I would always focus on this problem of I couldn't connect with people. I couldn't communicate. I couldn't see myself as more. I couldn't see myself as deserving. I didn't believe in myself enough. And then what I discerned from an investigation with myself is that wasn't the real problem. So how we find the real problem and how you get to the core of what your true problems are when you hit your walls is not focusing on the wall, because if we focus on the wall, we're only going to get more wall, right? This is, if you look at my hand, look at my hand, I can only focus on my hand, you miss the whole room behind me. We have to focus, we have to look again, look for layers beneath, and the layers beneath are opportunities to go above, over, around. And the way we find the solutions to the problem, the real problem, is by asking questions versus making statements. So mm -hmm. asking questions versus making statements. And saying a question, whenever you encounter a wall, which each and every one of us will, because fear likes to show itself in all sorts of different kinds of structures. Some of those walls are brick. Some of those walls are made of steel. Some of them are wood, and some of them are like straw, like the big bad wolf, where you can huff and puff and blow it down fairly effortlessly. But if anything, nursery rhymes have taught us is that fear grows smarter. Fear learns new ways of derailing. And if we focus always on the fear, we're always going to get stuck behind our walls. If we make statements like, I can't get through this, I'm not smart enough. An easy example, there's a little bit of a technical challenge, right, at the beginning. Now, Jen handled it in a beautiful example of how you can handle fear, right? Immediately went to, what can I do? How do I troubleshoot this? Right, questions, not, oh, shoot, this is broken. 
right? Because when we make a statement, we close off any possibility of discovering an answer. See, our brain is a supercomputer, and when we focus, what we focus on is what we're going to produce. If we focus on walls, we get more walls. We focus on problems, we get more problems. We focus on questions, we'll inevitably find answers. Each and every one of you say you have experienced this before in the past, so you know this to be true in some lesser degree. The easy example is, is how many of you have ever played that game where you say, oh, I recognize that actor or actress. What movie are they in? Mm -hmm. Where do I know them from? Now, notice you're making a question there. You're not saying a statement. Oh, I can't figure them out. What are they from? And then you go along with your day, you know, moseying along. You're, you're doing some emails. You're making some phone calls. And then all of a sudden, like a flash of lightning, it pops in your brain. And you say, oh, I know who it was or I know who it is now. It was that person from such and such and such and such. And you can see it as clear as day because your brain will produce the answer when you ask it the right questions. Fear keeps us from asking questions. And instead, fear keeps us committed to making statements. Because a statement is born from fear. And a question is born from a place of empowerment. So asking questions, and then once you start to get your answers, you must be bold enough to test, to test, to test, and to keep testing. Because some walls will be susceptible to a huff and a puff. Other walls, you may need to use dynamite. Some walls, you'll be able to dig underneath it and tunnel under. Other walls, you'll be able to throw a rope and rappel over. Some walls, you'll be able to just step a little to your left and walk around, or step a little to your right and walk around. The point is, is that every wall is able to be passed. But no wall will be passed if we only make a statement about it's impossible to get through this wall. You can pass any wall if you ask the right questions. And then when you start to get answers, test, test, test. And if it doesn't work, don't say, oh, darn, oh, shoot, oh, shucks. Be like Thomas Edison and say, I never once learned a way the light bulb didn't work. Each time I learned one way and went step closer to making it work. Right? He never doubted that he wouldn't be able to invent the light bulb, one of the greatest pieces of modern technology we have. He always knew he could do it. So there was never a statement of this is done, I, I can't do it. It was always, okay, this didn't work, now what could? Now what could? So three possible actions that you can take is, and each of these keys I'm going to share with you tonight, I'm going to give you a... I'm going to give you some suggested actions for them. I encourage you, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write these down and then commit actions to doing it because this will help you get implemented and allow it to be experienced. So what are three solutions? What are three possible solutions to your wall? What are three possible ways you could go around it? Now, if you're up against something where you can't get people to sign up, right? one possible solution might be to Take some sort of sales training. Another possible solution might be to reach out to your mentor, your teammate, and get clear about who your ideal customer is. Another solution might be is get in front of a group of people and do a presentation about people who are going to be motivated to buy your product or service. The point is, is there's three, there are countless solutions that each and every one of you possess within here that will help you bypass your walls and break through them. <clears throat> but to do that, 
you must be willing to take action towards it, and you must be committed to questions versus statements. You know, it's interesting, Jesse, when you were talking a few minutes ago and you were talking about, um, you know, not being able to do something or I can't do this or this is my result. You know, everybody's telling me no or um, I'm afraid that, you know, my business is going to implode when I leave my job or something like that. But that, from what I understand to be um, clear, that that's really just a result of a bunch of other stuff happening. Is that correct? Like there's all this, it's not really, that's really not typically the issue. It might be at the surface, but there's like, there's this stuff that is happening underneath that, that is really making that result happen. Yeah, exactly. I think here's an easy example from it. And it's one that each and every one of us can relate to. All of us have been in a position before where we really have to go. Nature calls, and nature's not just calling, but nature is literally banging so loud that there is nothing you can do about it. Whether it's number one or number two, it doesn't matter. But when you're in that position where nature is really calling and there's nothing you can do, you will do and you are committed no matter what to getting the outcome you want. A bathroom, a bush, somewhere where you can listen and answer to that call. It's a wonderful metaphor because the nature of who you are is calling. None of us would be here right now if, again, we didn't have a voice of feeling inside of us calling out to us saying that we want more. But the problem is, is most of us never approach that voice or honor it to the same level of intensity as we do when our biology is knocking. Because then there's an actual, there's a result that we're more fearful of doing a mess in our pants mm -hmm. than what we're willing to do to get past that. Now, I know it's easy to say, well, you know, going to the bathroom in, in my business or my relationship is two different things. It is and it isn't. Because the behavior to get there, to get the outcome you're after is the same. In both situations, you've got to be highly motivated. The only difference is in the first situation, the example of when nature is calling, is you are so motivated to get the outcome that you want that you're not letting fear of anything stand in the way. Because all of us who would normally have mousy voices and not speak up or not ask for questions or not ask for help from a stranger or not go up and approach somebody who we don't know and ask them or tell them about something, when we're in that situation, we will do anything and everything to get to where we need to go as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. So if we were to attach that same kind of intensity to our business, to our relationship, whatever it is, it'd be unstoppable. Hmm. That's incredible. I, you know, as you were saying that, I was having different ideas coming in about this because when we have these different fears, whether we want to um, you know, go back to these fears things, you know, we can't sponsor somebody or no matter what words you say, no matter what training you've had, it just doesn't happen. Or, you know, it's, you know, when people tell the same story, well, this always happens to me. Or every time I've done this. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I can't do this because, you know, there's all this evidence that is compiled, you know, in their mind of, of their story that it's, it's so much deeper than that. So I wanted to, you know, talk about that really quick and you know, if this, then that, you know, it's, it's logic, according to logic, you know, the actual formula of logic, but it's really a false 
things. So I know you want to get into the four keys um, of that, so that people can have these tools to work through their fears. And this is profound. And everybody who's listening, I really invite you to be humble. And I invite you to just take your ego and, and bring it down a little bit and soften that which is in your mind and especially in your mind, what's going on between your ears. Because we tell ourselves these stories to be strong and brave and not to be vulnerable or whatever is going on. But when we really bring that down and get into a space of humility, we can listen to um, to what's really will bubble up that is keeping us from our great success. So, okay, Jesse, I just had to do my little, I don't know what that was, soapbox. <laughs> Jenny, it's a perfect segue to the second key I wanted to talk about because you mentioned something it's like, what if, the what if, or it, it's never worked for me, or it always blows up, right? You know, something those kinds of effects, the things that we hear everybody say. And yeah. this goes into the second key for breaking through fears and to be able to achieve success and fulfillment, happiness, enjoying your life, is you have to be, you have to defeat your scarcity mindset. You have mm. to defeat scarcity mindset. Now, what does that mean? Scarcity mindset which slide do you want me on? I'm sorry to interrupt. This is key number two. Okay. Yeah, there you go. You have to be able to defeat the scarcity mindset because here's why. Scarcity breeds uncertainty. And then uncertainty ultimately becomes food for your fear. And mm. uncertainty plus fear will chain you to where you are. Each and every one of you has likely experienced this before because if you've ever been in a situation where you don't know what to do next, it can be absolutely paralyzing, right? Any of you have ever been in a situation, just a small example, you're on a road trip somewhere, you know, and think back to the days before we had GPS and Google and Siri and all those nice people who will help us get from where we are to where we want to be, and we just had to rely on a map, right? If you got to a place where you didn't know where you were, maybe you're out in the middle of nowhere, how does it feel, right? And then there's that hesitation about making a decision, which way do you go? Because if you go the wrong way, now you've gotten yourself so much more off course, which means you'd have to go that much further to get back on track. But then if you go the wrong way, how would you know how far you've gone before you even realize you're off course? So sometimes we right. think in our minds when we have fear and uncertainty coming up that it's better to just stay where we are. And we justify staying where we are by our excuses. I can't afford it. It won't work for me. It never does. I'm not this. I've tried everything. Blah, 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 blah. Now, the irony is, is, is those of us who are parents on here, you've likely heard your kids use a lot of these same excuses. Now, you won't tolerate it with them, but oftentimes we will use different iterations of it for ourselves because we've all gotten really good at telling ourselves some good whoppers of stories. I've always joked with clients over the years saying that some of the stories that we tell ourselves to keep us stuck if anybody ever wanted to have a good entrepreneurial business, it would be taking those stories that you've used to keep you stuck and compiling them into a little campfire narrative, and you can tell some doozies and satisfy all sorts of camp counselors and summer camps. And this goes back to what I talked about earlier is when we have uncertainty, when we have fear, I can give you the proverbial keys to unlock this, but if you're uncertain about unshackling yourself, just stay where you are. There, there's an, a story I was told once upon a time about an elephant, one of the strongest animals we know of. And what they will do is 
the circuses or whoever will train elephants. So they'll put the chain around its foot, and then when it's really young, and and then chain that little chain to a wooden peg. And so the elephant learns that that's the space that it has to move in. Now the elephant grows up over time, and eventually it's so big that it can easily pull the peg out and go wherever it wants to go. But because the chain has become so familiar, the elephant has learned that's just how things always are. So many of us have downloaded such a blueprint of scarcity mindset that we don't realize that we can have things be different. Now the problem with the scarcity mindset is, is not only does it keep us chained and stuck to our proverbial prison, but what it also does is it causes us to project our fears onto our prospects, our customers, our friends, our family, and it ultimately creates an incongruence in who we are and what we offer. In a business situation, right, if you want, if you're in a business, if you're in a sales type setting and you're requiring somebody to invest in your product or service for you to earn your income or you to make that shift from a full-time job to a, a full-time passion, what kind of energy, what kind of message are you sending off? If you're asking people to invest in your product and service, but you won't invest in yourself. That's true. Because oftentimes we will tell ourselves stories like Jen was saying earlier about why we can't or why it won't work. And that becomes an obstacle and it becomes a seed that we've planted in there. And every day that we doubt ourselves and every day that we second guess ourselves and every day that we settle for less than we desire, and every day we ignore that voice that we hear sometimes screaming inside that you're meant for more. We water those seeds of doubt, we fuel those fears, and we feed it with uncertainty. And then we do an act in a way that is incongruent of what we're offering. Because so many of us, we seek that freedom as a, by doing some sort of endeavor that allows us the freedom to work from everywhere, that gives us the freedom from our, our corporate job to pursue our passions. But how are you going to do that? How are you going to get people on board if you don't believe in yourself? Yep. Right? That's so true. It, it's a really, really powerful one. And so if you were to, my question is, is, is if we were to, instead of having a scarcity mindset, if we were to replace it with an abundance mindset, how would you think? How would you feel? How would you act? Have you ever thought about it? Right? How many of you would, would make a decision how many of you make decisions from scarcity rather than abundance? A right? lot because of people we, make decisions that yeah, way. A lot of them do, and yet so many of us, we want our customers and clients to make decisions. Now, here's what's really interesting, and we can see this all play out. Anytime we ever get in a sales situation with someone, and somebody comes up with a, you know, the most common objection we're going to see is, oh, I don't know, I can't afford it. Now, you as a provider know in your heart, Jen said at the beginning of the call, we all know this stuff works. You as in your heart know it works. You know it can make a profound impact on their life. You know it could transform their life. You know that it could improve their health, improve the relationship, whatever aspect of life is that's applicable. But because you have a scarcity mindset, you superimpose your fears onto them, and instead of standing up for them into their fear and their story and saying, you know, I understand that, but how much is your health worth? How much is your family worth? How much is this worth? And talking about how transformative it can be, you hear that and you say, oh, okay. And you let them off the hook. Because so many of us let ourselves off the hook. 
it used to be said there was a statistic that stayed around for a long time that said that said 60 percent of the yeses come after the fourth no, and 90 percent of the people give up after the first no. Meaning 90 percent of the people give up after, give up 60 percent of potential sales. This is why we have a few people that do really well and everybody else kind of struggles because those few people are the ones that persist. Hmm. Most of us are so quick to give up on ourselves. And if we're so quick to give on it for ourselves, how can we expect our customers or prospects not to give up on themselves? So the actions to take with key number two here in, 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 in defeating a scarcity mindset and breeding an abundance mindset, identify yourself. Where do you need help in your business, in your life, in your relationship? Where specifically do you need help? And the second question to ask yourself with that is who can help you with that? Who can help you with that? Because you may be able to help yourself, or there may be things that you can't help yourself with, which is likely why you get stuck with them. And then your three action items I want you to do from that are to take and then identify three action items you can take immediately from an abundance mindset. So easy hint for this is just whoever you come up with who can help you with that, where do you need help, who do you need help, contact that person or those people. Contact them. Those are three fantastic actions to take. Contact them and let them know, this is what I'm stuck with. This is what I need help with. Can you help me? Did we skip over key one, Jesse? No, no, we didn't. Okay. Some of the people wanted to write it down really quick because I didn't. <laughs> so if oh. you've got to finish, if you got to finish up on key two, go ahead and ramble for a second while they write this down. <laughs> yeah. key two. Key two and key one will be interrelated. And most of these keys, are, every, all these keys are interrelated in the sense that oftentimes one of the biggest walls we create for ourselves is scarcity, right? Because we think that the path that we're on and where we run into the wall, that's the only path there is. And so we, because of that, we trick ourselves into, or we actually, I wouldn't say trick ourselves, we con ourselves into believing that there's no other way. And this comes back to what we were talking about earlier. We don't think that we can go around it. We don't think we can go under it. We don't think we can go over it because we're making statements instead of asking questions, right? Mm -hmm. Statements train your focus to focus on the statement. Questions train your focus to focusing for solutions and answers. All right. So let's, let's go to three since I totally spaced out on one. So we did one and we did two. So here's key three, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's move on to number three because I know I want to be respectful of everybody's time and give you some Time for Q&A at the end. Key number three is have a conversation with the voices. So we talked about the voices that we all know, we, we all know about, we all, we all have at times. Now, we all have, unfortunately, we all have a voice that says we're meant for more, otherwise you wouldn't be here. We all have a voice that we want more, otherwise you wouldn't be here. But what holds us back from getting from where we are to wherever we want to be is those other voices that we are all too familiar with, the voices of fear, the voices of doubt, the voices of uncertainty the voices that we alluded to earlier. When we, and here's what happens is, again, like statements in key number one, we take those voices to be literal. We say, we hear the statement of the voice, you can't do this, you're not enough. What were you thinking of trying this? That was stupid to even try. You're not good at sales. I recently had a friend who, for years, had been trying to get his dream job working for a professional sports team. After years of no's, he finally got a yes. And he got an entry-level job selling season tickets for the San Diego Padres. My friend had a belief in his head, a voice that would tell him that he wasn't good at sales because he had a hard time hearing no. 
And he was really, really committed to that belief, so much so that he recently, after eight months with the team, quit because he didn't believe that he could ever be a salesman enough to move up in the company. The irony is, is that he had all the capability to do it, and he had sold at certain times, produced better results than anybody else on the team. But he took the no so personally. That's he, huge with this business, too. Huge. Yeah. He, he, he personalized the no's. He made it about him, and he took them as literal rejections of him. He didn't have a conversation with the voices. And so the biggest mistake that we can make when we're talking about these voices is to take the voices like fear, the voices of frustration, of guilt, et cetera, literally, meaning that we hear them and we take them as a literal interpretation of it. And here's why, because every single emotion that we feel has a purpose. Every single voice that we have come through our head has a purpose. It has a higher intent behind it. We know this because our unconscious mind, which is the mind, the part of our mind that's going to facilitate us, and most psychology is getting more and more on board with saying that the unconscious mind is as much as 98% of who we are. We talked about a little bit ago about multitasking. The reason we can't multitask is because we can't do two things that we haven't mastered unconsciously. But we can multitask when it's unconscious, meaning that each and every one of us right now is using our ears to hear, using our brain to filter out information is using our lungs to oxygenate our body and, and pump blood to our system. Right? There's hundreds of biological processes that are going on right now just to allow you to be here, to listen, to type, to interact, and to stay alive. Now, if we had to think about each of those things consciously, we would none of us could do it. We'd, we'd be done like that. So our unconscious mind, we know its job is to keep us alive and thriving. That's its main purpose. And we can assume then that an entity that's designed to keep us alive and thriving is only is not going to try to cause chaos or dysfunction within the system. It just doesn't make sense. But what it will do is it will try to, like a computer, like a, like a smartphone that learns, it will try to understand how you see the world and then extrapolate information and present it to you to help you make sense of things. Right? Again, it's easy examples. If I tell you to focus on my hand, focus on my hand, focus on my hand, the more you focus on my hand, the less you, you lose awareness of the room behind me. Now, if you're focusing on the room behind me as you focus on my hand, the room behind me, you're probably not even aware of your seat that you're sitting in, are you? But now that I've pointed out the seat you're sitting in, notice how much more aware of your seat you are. Some of you might be feeling a little tension in your back. Some of you might be shifting around a little bit because now all of a sudden you have a hyper-awareness drawn to your seat. Right? We can only focus on so much at any given time. So if we start to take things literally, remember we're training our brain to go to that place. Again, what's more powerful with this situation is, is knowing that our unconscious is presenting information for us to rectify, to resolve, to work through. That means we need to have conversations with these voices. A conversation with your voice would look something like, there's a wall here and this is a real challenge. What purpose is this challenge? Hmm. Right? Somebody, somebody told me no today when I did a sales presentation with them. Somebody told me no, and, and they, they just said that it was a really difficult call. For what reason did they say no? Well, they just didn't have enough money. If they did have enough money, what could have gotten them to say yes? Or what could I have said and 
instead? Or how could I have presented it differently where no, money was no longer an object to them or for them? Because each of us know, especially when it comes down to our health, that when our health is on the line, there's nothing we will, we will or won't do to get our health right. And so many of us on here are going into businesses, trying to get into businesses where we're, we have a direct ability to impact and positively impact somebody's health. And that's their overall quality of life. Yep. Right? You think about some of the products and services that you have to offer. And, I mean, Jen was talking about how inexpensive they are. You could order those for years and years and years in mass quantity, and it will never, ever add up to financially what a cost of a heart attack would be. You know, or what some major catastrophic medical challenge would be. So when we have the opportunity to not only earn a business, earn an income, expand our life, gain our freedom from helping other people, now we get to do things from an active service. But you're not going to get that if you just take the voice literally, because the voice is going to our unconscious mind processes things in pictures. And so it gives us pictures that we can make sense of so we can understand it. So it's up to us then to interpret what the picture is. You must be a detective of your own life. You must be a detective of your own head. So your action steps for this are going to be to ask yourself, when you hear a voice pop up, and I want you all to do this tonight just as practice, what is one of the main voices that you have pop up in your head most often? Each of you will know it. And then I want you to form, ask that voice three questions. Three questions to that voice. Have a conversation with it. Because what you uncover is a treasure trove of hints and clues about how you think, feel, and act, and what's truly most important to you. And this is going beneath the surface of what those voices represent they are on the surface. That was key number three. And the last key, and then we'll open it up for questions. Key number four. The key that really ties this all together, and if you haven't caught on, it is a part and in, integrated in each and every one of these keys is taking action. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, nothing changes if nothing changes. Fear will always keep you chained to where you are. And inaction is an action. So I want to say that again, inaction is an action, meaning choosing not to act is an action. Tragically, it is an action chosen by those who settle for life less than they desire. Most people who settle for a life less than they desire, most people who stay stuck where they were, most people who stay chained to that prison that they want to break free from, most people who subscribe to a scarcity mindset, most people who, who, who take the voices literally, most people who get to their walls and never go through them, it's because they choose an action. And they choose to sit there instead and come up with stories and excuses about why they never move forward. Now, meanwhile, there's always people who are going through and going around and going over and achieving what they wish they could achieve. And then they'll usually tell themselves some sort of story about, oh, well, they're just lucky, or they got lucky, or they're born into privilege, or they got, they look a certain way, or they talk a certain way, or they have the right coach, or whatever it is. And all the while you're telling that story, you're also choosing to not act towards what you really want. Your business, your relationships, your life, is always going to grow in proportion to the actions you take. So if you want to make massive gains, you take massive actions. You want to take small gains, take small actions. Baby steps are baby actions and so on and so forth. But here's the real thing to think about this. If we think about in a business sense, is how can you, if you don't take action, how can you expect your clients to? 
really think about it. If you are unwilling to take action, how in the world can you expect your clients and prospects to? How? Think about the energy you were sending out. We talked about the incongruence that comes from a scarcity mindset. It's also the same thing with that. They, I, Jen mentioned that we, mentioned, we, we met at a mastermind retreat a couple years ago. The reason I was there is because I knew that if I was going to require clients to work with me, I needed to be working with a coach. I needed to be taking action and demonstrating that I believed in the process and growing what I knew in my own knowledge base. Because it was invaluable for me to demonstrate that and send that energy out to the people I worked with. It seemed like it was an incongruence with me if I knew I had things I wanted to work on and grow, but I was choosing an action and not working on those things and not growing. So action, 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 action is going to be imperative and none of this is going to change and nothing will change and everything will always be the same if we choose inaction. And inaction is always the action chosen by those who settle for less than life. So hmm. action item for this is three actions that you're committed to taking within the next 24 hours. Write down three actions that you're committed to taking within the next 24 hours. Three actions, no matter how big and small, but three specific actions you're going to take within the next 24 hours to help your business, help your relationship, whatever facet of your life you're applying this to. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? Are you taking? Yes. So real quick before we open up for questions, Jen and I were brainstorming before the call about some cool ways to help motivate motivate everybody for action, to take action because we both know, as do all of you, that again, nothing changes if nothing changes. If we don't take action, then we're not going to change it. So I thought I would help be help be your accountability in this endeavor. And so my idea was, mine and Jin's idea was this, that for those of you who want to take advantage of this, within the next hour, email me the three actions that you're committed to taking in the next 24 hours, and I will give you a complimentary strategy session with me. My email is going to be jessebrisenine at hotmail.com. Jim's got it right there. All you have to do, so it is 6 p.m. Pacific time. What is that? 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. So between now and the next hour, you type in jessebrisenine at hotmail.com to email. You send me the three actions that you're committed to taking within the next 24 hours. That will earn you a free strategy session with me. If you send me an email at one hour and 15 minutes, I'm going to say, you know, I'm sorry, but this was only for the action takers. Only for the action takers because I want to give this gift to you, those of you who are really committed to breaking through the chains and taking and accelerating business and life to the next level. This is huge. What a huge gift. You guys don't – this is huge. Like, Jesse guards his time very carefully, and I was actually to- totally surprised when he said he was going to do this. So if you don't do this, you're cray cray. <laughs> okay. So like, yes, you just you've got to do this. Okay, let me see if there's a question here before I move forward. Yeah, people are typing like, wow. Well, the email is right here. Um, is right here on the um, the screen, you guys. It says name at hotmail.com. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. And I know here you've got um, your other contact information. Your name is your website, um, jessiebrizendine.com. And then if people want to find you on Facebook, facebook.com slash one year 1,000 challenge. Yes. Because you've done some pretty 
amazing things with that. You know, was it a thousand things in one year? New things in a year? Yeah, yeah, a thousand new yeah. things in one calendar year. Oh my gosh, that's so incredible! It's totally incredible. So, did you want to do any questions, Jesse? Yeah, if, if there's a questions, I have some time for questions. If people have questions, I'm happy to answer. We have a person actually on here who I talked to earlier today, and she was asking me about the webinar. And she has um, she sent through a text to me that I said maybe this would be a really good one for the webinar. And she sent me a text saying, "Hold on, hold on, blah blah blah." There was like a freak out moment. Um, I just giggled. It was funny, but not funny. Analysis paralysis. I want to crawl in a hole and cry. I'm big time in debt, and I won't mention the number, but to her, it's like it's going to smash her. And this morning, and I've got hardly any income. Entrepreneurship isn't for the birds. So I said, boy, this might be something interesting to address with Jesse today. <laughs> so fear, entrepreneur, um, you know, risk-taking, debt, you know, good debt versus bad debt. You know, like all this is like getting on her and today she's ready to implode. So let me pull up Chrissy and just, I'm just going to unmute her. And then Chrissy, go ahead and uh, you are now live on the call <laughs> on the webinar. Well, hey, Jesse. Um, yeah. So this morning I had that moment where I wanted to call under my desk with Jen's tequila recipe and uh, <laughs> maybe cry a little bit. So my biggest, I, I woke up with a ton of fear. I looked at my budget and I was swamped with the idea that I have a mountain of debt and very little income to pay it off. And then what happens when I do that is I spin in circles. I should do this. I should do that. The squirrels get a hold of me and Jen and I have talked about squirrels before. <laughs> should I do this? How do I approach that? Um, I guess my biggest fear is that I'm going to have too much debt to pay off. My product isn't going to um, be successful in sales. Basically, I have a product on Amazon, and it's very hard for me to keep the inventory at an even enough flow to make the income to pay off the debt. So I'm in that, do I get an investor? You know, I'm just paralyzed, really, essentially, with fear is the problem. <laughs> what, what is the purpose you created the product on Amazon? Um, I actually wanted to tie it in with my network marketing platform um, because it's a product that fits with the lifestyle um, and my home situation, my marriage situation is complicated at best and I wanted to have the ability to have income on my own. And what's the purpose behind that? Um, to be able to support myself and my children without having to go to a J-O-B. <laughs> and what's the purpose behind that? Um, I, well, I'm a homeschooling mom as of now, although we are considering changing that due to this situation. Um, but I wanted to have the freedom and the flexibility to work the network marketing business to, to reach people in a way that um, is – I'm very – uh, what should I say, geared towards natural health options. And I've seen a lot of people in crisis and really just have a heart to reach out to them and help them, but I want to be able to give in situations 
um, when people find themselves in crisis and can't afford to do certain things, I would love to even give monetarily. So I really want to build both platforms to be able to successfully do that and not have to go to work and spend 40 hours a week working for somebody else <laughs> at the same time. And why is that important to you? What's the purpose behind getting yourself in a position where you're able to give and help people out? Um, it's important because I see so many people in cr like financial crisis. They don't have enough money to pay for their cancer treatment. Um, I've always just had this heart to really reach out to people and, um, n you know, nurture them in certain ways. And it's never been able to be something that I could do monetarily, but it's just that giving back that, uh, you know, helping heart spirit that, um, you know, you see someone in need and you meet the need basically. So everybody who's listening right now, I want you to notice something, how this conversation has gone from fear spinning my head to giving, 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 giving. The reason why you're going to wake up in the morning and get do the circles is because when you focus on debt, you're focusing on yourself and you're not focusing on giving. Struggle precipitates in our life because it's one of the most selfish endeavors we do because the struggle has to be self-centered. We have to focus all on ourselves, right? When we're focused on our debt, our challenges, our obstacles, we're only focused on ourselves and we're completely disconnected from the thing that matters most to you, giving. Right. When wow. you're full-centered and focused, you're always going to be in struggle because now what you're doing is you're literally the dog chasing your tail around your legs trying to catch something that's not even who you are because wow. your whole purpose and reason for being is giving. Does that make sense? Yes. And you can feel that, can't you? Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow, that was deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so feel the purpose. So feel the feeling that you're feeling right now. You have the ability and the opportunity to connect with this feeling each and every day. Now, what's really cool about this is I guarantee you, and I, well, I don't even have to guarantee you. I'm going to ask you and you tell me. If you were to interact with your prospects, your potential customers from this emotional state that you're in right now, do you think that you would probably be a little bit more successful at getting them on board? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you all heard that, right? So, again, this is something that's really powerful because when she started, you could hear the uncertainty. And she was being really honest, and I appreciate your honesty because – she was answering it authentically from the emotion that she was feeling that she was describing in the morning. Now you can hear there's no, there's no doubt because she's connected with something. She's gotten past the wall that put up in front of her. She's overcome the scarcity mindset that she was telling herself the story that keeping her in there. And she's dialed into what really matters most to her right now. You know, it's about giving. And so now some of the actions I would suggest to you are, are building in things about how you can incorporate more giving, right? How you can have so much of your mission, your purpose about why you're doing it, about why you're getting up in the morning, about that. Because that's going to be what's going to get you your goals. That's going to be what's going to get you the freedom you want. That's what's going to carry you into the life that you're working towards. Make sense? Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for the question. Really good question. Absolutely. Wow. There you go, Kitty. <laughs> 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 I 
I'm gonna now that you're speechless. I, I you know, <laughs> oh, I'm getting. <laughs> I asked somebody else who talked to me, this, you know, recently. I said, "Would you like to talk to him right now as well?" And and this person said, "No, I'm stunned. He's hitting the point for me with Chris, Chrissy's question, and I'm actually speak speechless. He's in my head." So is he in anybody else's head? Because it seems like that hit a nerve with a lot of people. Let me go ahead and um, mute this up here, just in case if Chrissy wants to go back to doing her dishes or anything. So let me open the chat here real quick. The dude rocks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are saying, yes, he's in my head. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. Uh, you know, like a lot of that. Something that's really cool about that is I want you all to notice, how did that happen? I asked questions. See, I could have taken the problem that she presented and taken it, li taken it literally, but then we would have been talking about something completely different, and we've been in troubleshooting. We've been troubleshooting the thing that's not even really that's what's most important to her. Yes. So asking questions, asking questions. Again, this goes back to what we were talking about. So many of us get stuck in these things and we get, we get chained down and we get stuck because we're taking things literally and then we're reacting to that instead of asking the questions and then really understanding what the problem is. Remember, the problem's not the problem. The problem is how we look at the problem, and that's the problem. Hmm. Let me see. Um, Rhonda asks, oops, a couple questions just popped in. Mm -hmm. Rhonda asks, I see so much, um, yes, this is awesome. I see it so much with people. I have no idea how to answer them. What would you say, you, Jesse, is the best way to respond when people focus so heavily on their debt? And they're like, I can't afford it, or they get really stuck with that. Mm -hmm. So Chrissy was the example was because you could see where when we focus on our debt, there's a greater cost that comes with that. And that cost is much more significant than any sort of financial debt, right? Because what is debt? I mean, it's, it's, it's these pieces of paper that we're putting all this emotion behind and what we're perceiving that, what it means to us, right? So for some person, debt might mean, well, because I have debt, I'm this. For some person, debt might mean, I, I, well, I'm a failure. For me at a time when I had a lot of debt, it meant something completely different. It meant something that I was a part of a very special group called entrepreneurship, and every single great entrepreneur that I studied, that I looked up to, had at one point incurred a tremendous amount of debt. And one thing that's really cool is if you look at the entrepreneurs, like you look at the stories of a Virgin or an Apple or a, a Elon Musk type figurehead, right? Most of them will tell us stories about how they had nothing and then they, they went on to this thing. Look at a J.K. Rowling who wrote Harry Potter, who's one of the wealthiest yeah. in the world, right? Rejection, 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 you know, living off of pennies. And now she's, she's taken that and turned it into this empire, right? So one of the things I would encourage is first to reframe debt, really what that is in that I think debt could be, for some of us who are entrepreneurs, it could be a membership card to a very elite group. And it's a rite of passage that we go through to, to see how badly we want that membership. Now the other thing too is remember debt, is, unless debt is something that you want, we have to shift our focus away from it like we did with Chrissy there because when we focus on it, like we were talking about before, we focus on our walls, we're getting more walls. We focus on a scarcity mindset, we're always going to be more in a scarcity mindset. So then it's instead of focusing on abundance. 
Like if we're talking about a prospect in a, in a prospect, the customer says, well, I'd love to do this, but I have so much debt. You know, the question we always have to ask them is, well, what does it cost you if you don't? And this goes back to my point earlier that no matter what somebody does, it's never going to be as costly as the potential calamity that could come from some sort of medical problem that you could potentially help save them from. You know, we don't necessarily equate dollars and cents to things like happiness, joy, freedom. But my question to all of you would be, is anybody who's allowing their fear of, of investing in themselves, growing their business, you know, debt, whatever it is, to keep them from going for what they want, what does that cost you? And if you could put a dollar amount on your quality of life, your enjoyment, your happiness, your relationships, all those things, I bet you that number would probably be more and greater than the debt. So instead, if you know that you're going to have some debt around for a little bit, embrace it that it's a membership into a very elite club. And what's really cool about that elite club and those people I named off, and you can do more research and add more entrepreneurs to your list, the Oprahs, is they all started at some place similar to where you are. And those are the people who are effectively changing the world. Those are the people we look up to and admire not because they're in a movie, but because of what they contribute and how they do things to make all of our lives better. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I and I, I agree with you even with the debt thing because, you know, I've got that too from different reasons. And I look at it in a in, in that way that um you know, having even ten thousand dollars of debt compared to if you want to be a high roller, say in the real estate business, you're gonna have millions and millions of dollars leveraged and if, if you can't handle a small amount of debt, how would you handle having five, ten million dollars leveraged in real estate loans, you know, like that would be really, really, really hurt, you know, your brain. Or you had to take out a loan to get a business off the ground or you had to involve or, or, or turn it around. What if, like Christy was talking about with investors, um, what would you have, what would you do if three people gave you 300000 apiece? Talk about pressure. That's worse than owing money to a bank. So like that's like that'll like make you implode. So I got a really one other really good question, and we'll wrap up here. Um, this is really good. Um, Daryl asked this question. He said, you know, with every company product that's out there, there's always competition or you know similar products. And this person um, gets people going in his product, and then he they wind up leaving and going somewhere else. It's like it happens to him all the time. So what would you say to that, Jesse? Like, you know, would that be a worthiness issue? Would that be a belief issue? It's almost like it's almost like the guy that his, his girlfriend always leaves for somebody else, you know, that kind of thing. And that's what's happening to him. He gets people into his business, and then they always turn around and go with a competitor. Yeah, what I would – I can unmute him if you want. Yeah, why don't you why don't you unmute him, Jen? I don't want to I don't want to speak for him. Would you mind? That'd be awesome. Yeah, let me find you, Daryl. Daryl, where are you? You're probably under the D's. There you go. Okay, Daryl, you're unmuted. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Hey, Thanks for being here. Good. Glad to be here. Yeah. Uh oh, cutting out. Facebook ads and things like that, and I get them going, and we talk. I'm sorry. And we talk, and then they look around the Internet, and they search, and they move somewhere else. 
Go ahead, Jesse. Did you hear me? Yes. Let me just make sure I, I was clear. So what I heard was is that you will you'll interact with people. You you might meet some people through Facebook ads and stuff. You talk, and then they do a little research and they end up moving on to somewhere else. Is that correct? all right, Daryl? Yes. Okay. Cool. So a few things. One, and earlier I mentioned that there was a study then once upon a time that said that they had discerned they had discovered rather that. 60% of the people who say yes, say yes after the fourth no. There was a recent study that I just read about a day or two ago that said that number has actually increased from four no's to 14 no's because of technology. What that means is, is that it's now taking people 14 touches on average to be able to decide if they're going to interact, do business with someone or something. Technology's really changed the game for so many of us because all of us who have been on Facebook, any sort of social media platform, even our email now, there's ads popping up all the time. And so there's marketers constantly vying for our attention. And what it's done is it's made our attention span, it shifted actually how we're processing information. Microsoft did a study a couple of years ago, and for the longest time it was said that it took seven to nine seconds for a person to form an initial assumption about somebody. Microsoft's results show that that number is now down to five seconds because we're in a scrolling culture. We're making evaluations that quickly. <clears throat> now, what's cool about this, and if we know this and we know it so holds true, is Forbes did a study about know, like, and trust, and they found that 85% of the people, 85% of the people who they surveyed responded that they would rather do business with somebody who, who had an inferior product at a superior price if they knew, liked, and trust them, meaning they would rather they would rather pay more for less, based off of if they like the person or not. So, Daryl, what I would suggest is, instead of when you're doing these initial calls, instead of focusing on the product, the service, focus on the relationship, because people will not remember what you said, but people will remember how you made them feel. And in a world where we're in now, where nobody has five minutes for anybody else, because we're using technology to do what we used to be have to do with an actual phone call and a connection, right? Because technology has allowed us to bypass it. We can put an ad on Facebook, which is great. It reaches thousands of people. But before we used to have to dial the phone and have an actual conversation and be on the other end and say, hey, this is Jesse, this is Daryl, talk. Now you can pop up and you can see my ad and say, oh, well, there's Jesse. And you can listen to me and learn about me through that way. Focus initially on the relationship. Because at the end of the day, what we're all in is we're all in people businesses. And I truly believe that the companies that are going to and the businesses that are going to thrive as we become more technologically evolved, as we become more connected, even though all feel more disconnected, are the ones that are doing that basic thing. Right? I mean, I, I don't know if any of you use lead pages, but I just saw this the other day because I was having to do something with my lead page account. I saw that I, I wanted to talk to do some troubleshooting. For me to get an option to actually talk to a human being, I had to upgrade my account, and one of the perks that they sold, one of the selling points of the upgrade was you actually got to talk to a person. So that's yeah, the world it. we're in now is talking to somebody is an upsell. Being able to talk to a human on the phone, that's an upsell. Knowing that to be true, we all know that what's missing at the surface level is the relationship. Make your first call, your first few touches about the relationship. Get to know the person. Get to know who they are. You know, learn what you can about them. 
It will take you a little longer and it may take a little bit more time to get to sell, but what you'll do is you'll form a relationship and that relationship will turn to a loyal customer who will not leave and not go anywhere else because now instead of you being a representative of a company, you'll now be Daryl. And none of us look, get excited about going to the dentist or doctor, but we all get excited about going to the appointments where we're on a first name basis with somebody. We look forward to happy hour because we're not meeting with a friend, we're meeting with Jen or Jesse or Daryl, right? But we just call the doctor the doctor and we may not be as excited because there's not necessarily the, hum the, the human touch about it. We get there, they're 30 minutes late, they get in, they seem like they're all the way out the door all of a sudden. Create the relationship first on. Learn about their friends, learn about their family, all those things. And doing that, you'll find that you're going to be able to bridge that gap much faster. Is that helpful, Daryl? Yes, it was. I'm trying to do that. Awesome. So some ways to do that is just focus, really focus on questions and listening because everybody's going to leave clues in their dialogue. And sometimes the most important conversation, conversation builders are going to be the things that seem like they're not relevant information, meaning that somebody might give, give a hint that seems completely innocent or random and has no relevance to what you're talking about based off of whatever intention you showed up with. And that is often the piece of gold that leads you to the, the, the place of deeper connection with them. Okay, Jess, I thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for the question. Yeah, Daryl, excellent. Sweet. He was so happy to see that you were here. He's like, we got another guy around tonight. <laughs> <laughs> There's all these girls everywhere. This is the place to be right now. Yeah, we got. I would say probably 65, 70 percent of my clients usually are women, so I, I am with you on that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love well, all cool. of you, and it's always fun to have a guy too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, well, why don't for time's sake, Jesse? Why don't we wrap it up? We had two amazing questions, and you know, I fielded a couple things that were um, through the chat that were some things that I could field, but. Um, is there anything that you want to leave everybody with tonight? I, I'm going to look at the chat as well. Yeah, you know, just, just again, first of all, just a reminder, those of you who want to take advantage of having the accountability in the free strategy session with me, I know we burned through a little bit of time with the questions, so now you have, what, 37 minutes? Really dig into this. You should be able to form actions already for yourself. Send me an email, and we can, we'll correspond and get you set up on your strategy session because I definitely want to reward you as an action taker for that. And most importantly, if you know, right, all of us have experienced intuition at some point in our life, right? We, we knew, we just thought about somebody and they pick up the phone or something like that. We thought about somebody we haven't talked to forever and there they are. We, we had a feeling that there was going to be something and it pops up. So we know intuition is true. And if you have that intuitive voice inside of you that tells you you're meant for more, that tells you you want more and that you can get it, listen to that voice. Because there's going to be lots of voices and there's going to be lots of studies and statistics that will say why you can't. You know, the news isn't news anymore, right? The news is designed to report information to shock you, to get an emotional response. And just the same as other people in our lives are going to say stuff to try to shock you to get you to have an emotional response because they're going to feed off that emotion to help them stay stuck where they are. As they say, birds in the fly will flock together. At the end of the day, you have to trust and know what's true in here. And if you recognize that you have 
again, each of these keys that we shared tonight, they're only going to be as effective as you use them. Right? The keys are laying at your feet right now. You can pick them up and put them in the cuffs and unshackle yourself, or you can leave them lie as they are. Please, please, please do not choose inaction because inaction is a choice. Action is what's going to bring you the life you want, the life of your dream. Ask, be, when, when in doubt, ask questions. And believe in yourself enough. Believe in yourself enough to do it because you know deep down that's what you're meant to do. Awesome. Wow. Well, cool. Well, everybody on the phone listening, um, thank you for being here. And everybody on the webinar, thank you for being here. Holy smokes. Um, I'm going to... Really quick, as we say goodnight, somebody's just asking to look at the previous slide. I can't do it for long, you guys. Here's slide one. Go ahead and just take a picture of it so that if you can't write or do um, on a PC, just hit control, I'm sorry, function uh, print screen and you'll be able to get it. And then here's key two, function, hit function print screen and then you'll have, uh, you, or do the snip tool and you'll be able to get it. So, all right, well, let's finish up this here, and I'm going to uh, thank everybody for being here, and I'm going to close up the chat and undo the videos. So, good night, everybody. Thanks so much for being here, Jesse. Like, the feedback is blowing up here in the chat all of the whole time. So, <laughs> people were like, wow, my mind is blown. Holy smokes, I'm getting on my homework. I want that strategy session. So, if you guys get that strategy session... His time, very valuable, tight schedule. This is something that would be, um, ex you know, if you're ready to break through and you know you've got some junk in your trunk, I would highly, highly encourage you to get your homework over to him and then book that strategy with him. So, okay, everybody, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much. We will see you guys next week, and I'm going to stop the recording.